Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being guests on Black Canvas Season 7. I have an amazing guest here with us, Mr. Will Wright. If you guys have not heard of him before, you're going to be in for a treat because he is talented. He's someone who I really admire as a musician and as a human being, and we're just so glad to have him on the show. He brings a southwestern sound of pop and grunge from the sprawling desert city of Phoenix, Arizona. None of his songs are idealistic. No light without darkness, no laughter without at least some suffering, no thoughtfulness without some recklessness. He has a way of being able to strive for his modern relationships and sharing his experiences with his guests and the shreds of hope that can be found in darkness and most broken places of ourselves. Songs of acceptance, heart, luck, and love, basis of the idea that we are all beautiful and flawed. His songs are self-admitting and allow listeners to meet him where they truthfully are. It's brash, it's honest. In his words, everybody has things about themselves that they don't like. They have things that they would want to change about themselves, but they also have spirits and hopes and dreams and light inside of them despite the darkness that seems to hang over us as we march into the uncertainty of what's next. And I'm just so grateful to have Mr. Will right here with us on Black Canvas. We thank you so much for being here. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. Well, you know, I'm excited. I mean, we've been talking and I'm not going to call his government name, you guys. Y'all just need to know Will Wright, but we've been having conversations. <laughs> and I'm just excited to have you here because I, I've seen you perform on YouTube and like to see you live and sharing your music. And that's when I first fell in love with your voice and just the aesthetic of your voice is amazing. And I feel like most times when we think of aesthetic, we think of the physical aspect of people. But I feel like lyrical content and being able to get to know someone outside of what you thought you knew is so, you know, and just exciting. And so I'm glad that you decided to be a part of the show. And I have some fun questions I wanted to ask you if you're ready. Bring them on, dude. I'm stoked. All right. So the first question that I have for you is what was the best concert that you've seen and that you've actually experienced and why? Oh man, that is, that is a tough question. Uh, I think just cause I've seen, I've seen so many shows. Um, you know, I think that my favorites, my favorite experience that I've ever had at a, at a, at a, like a live music event was at outside lands um in san francisco they uh, uh there's a music festival there and one year when i was there the head and the heart was playing and there was just a light rain and it was like early early spring in uh, in san francisco so it was just it was kind of kind of chilly but there's a you know like a light rain and um, everyone was singing the songs because they just come out with like their second really big record so they were like at the top of their game and like it was just, it was so cool to, to be there and to experience that, um, that it, it kind of like made me re fall in love with music. And that was, man, when was, that was probably, probably like 2010 or something. I was, I was uh, still a kid, but I'll, I'll always remember that moment. Man, that's really cool. Well, in 2010, I definitely wasn't a kid. I wish I was. <laughs> I'm definitely getting up there, but I just, I'll never forget one of my favorite concerts was actually, um, there's two of them. Um, John Legend performed, he came to Bossier City 
and I'm just a huge John Legend fan. And so he just was one of the best live performers, I will say, I've seen in a while. So that was a great experience. And then it was a second one when I lived in New Orleans, because um, that's my home um, town. But I'll never forget, it was Missy Elliott, Tamia, Alicia Keys, and Beyonce. So this is right when Beyonce had released her first album, Dangerously in Love. And so they had gone on tour together. And I'm a huge Alicia Keys fan. And so just seeing that experience in the Superdome at that time, just having a great time. It was packed. People were just having just so much fun. And I was really young at that time when that when that happened. So I remember how expensive the tickets were. And I just remember just having a really good time at the end. Man, that sounds like that. I can't imagine that that concert. That that must have been so sick. Man, I'm telling you, like at the end of it, I was like, how did all four of them agree to do a tour together? But I think they called it the ladies first tour, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think Tamia was the opening act, if I remember. And then I think second was Missy Elliott. And they did all kind of stuff on that. That her set, I was like, whoa. Uh, and the third one was Alicia Keys, and then Beyonce ended it. But I mean, it it we were there for it had to been. It felt like three or four hours. I mean, I've never stood up so long and just had such a great time. It was a fun concert. That is so cool, man. I'm, I'm super jealous. Of that. <laughs> so speaking of being super jealous, I am jealous of your name, and I wanted to find out what was the story behind your stage name. I think it's really cool. Um, so my, my, my real, uh, last name is Kolasar. Um, and that is, uh, that's, uh, uh, Czech, I believe it's Slavic, uh, and it, it's Slavic for wheelwright, um, which is like someone who makes wheels, you know? So, um, that's, that my name literally means wheelwright. Uh, and that's, that's where I got the idea for the stage name. Wow. I, well, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, it feels it felt right to me because I don't know, it, it's kind of sounds tapped into, you know, my my uh, the, the tradition of, you know, where I come from and what my heritage is. But it also it, it's it sounds like uh, to me, it just it, it kind of sounds like its own thing. You know, like I, I liked it because I think sometimes the best band names and the best artist names are ones that don't really necessarily reflect anything in particular. And that kind of allows you to build the image of what is conjured in people's heads for yourself. Like, you know, Radiohead, it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but because we know Radiohead is Radiohead, it's like, it becomes this, this, uh, they kind of, they kind of built, you know, what that means in my head. So rather than just call myself, you know, uh, uh, by my, by my regular name, or rather than trying to come up with a, name for my project that had this aesthetic quality to it that would kind of like open people's um that would kind of conjure its its own imagery I, I wanted i wanted to i wanted to start with a, a very blank canvas and just be like yeah wheel right and you don't really know what that means probably but like it's something that is deeply touching to me because it comes from my family name and and my roots but uh you know i don't think a lot of people I don't think an image is conjured in people's heads when they hear wheelwright, which means that it's kind of mine to, to create for them. And I love that you use that terminology of like a blank canvas, which is similar to like the reason I came up with my actual show black canvas. And a lot of people don't know the history behind it, 
but I wrote a book called Black Canvas. And so when I came up with the show in May of 2020, of course, we had a lot of things going on around the world um, in 2020 with COVID and um, Black Lives Matter and just things like that. And my whole statement was, is that I think there's a lot of negativity in the world and we need to get to a point where we can be more inclusive and less divisive. And so I wanted to create a show where I felt like we could all talk about things respectfully, be able to hear from each other from different points of view, and then also be able to learn um, more about how our heart and our mind, our body reacts um, in experiences. And so my whole premise of the show in the beginning was just to talk about mental health and wellness. And it has kind of gone to a global standpoint where I've talked to people from different countries and different experiences and different lifestyles and just every type of individual I just want on the show because I want to just remind us that we all still have a part where we can learn from each other. And so when I think of, when I say Black Canvas, um, a lot of times we think of Black people going to darkness or to negative places, but Black doesn't have to mean that. And there's different, you know, melanins of skin as an African-American person myself that, you know, I know how difficult that can be perceived in just even my own culture. And so I wanted to say, hey, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to, you know, paint the canvas. If you want to paint it black, blue, yellow, whatever you choose, it's your canvas to paint, but it's your interpretation of what you want the canvas to mean to you. So I'm glad you said about a blank canvas, because as a musician and an artist, you sometimes have to come into a studio session or ghostwriting session, you know, with that blank canvas in your mind, and then you can create so much magic on stage and off stage. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And I, I, I really appreciate your uh, initiative for, for making a, a podcast like that. It sounds, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, a very open and honest dialogue between people. And I think, I think that, you know, it's, it's so easy for people to kind of fall into their, their echo chambers, whether it's on social media or the, the community that they, that they're a part of. And, um, you know, to always have a good positive access to other, other, you know, perspectives or lifestyles. I think that's always a, that's a, that's a great and noble cause. So good for you. I appreciate that. So I want to kind of find out from you. Hell yeah. Will Wright, tell me, what are some of the perks of being an artist? What do you, what's one of the main perks where you're like, I really enjoyed this as a career? Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 the freedom that you get, I think once you, once you actually start running with it is, is not something that you can really find anywhere else. I was just talking to, uh, I was just talking to my friend about this actually, like, you know, when getting started and, you know, to be honest, now even there's there's certainly the financial struggle like there is with anything i know that people who have more structured lives they certainly have their own financial struggles as well but you know when you want to make art and you know no one has any reason to pay for it yet it's really hard to sort of figure out how to make it work so you kind of you gotta you know figure out how to work a normal job and make money that way while it's also trying to like you know approach the arts and you know your your dream as a as an artist and um once you start to break free from that initial phase and you're able to start actually kind of making some income off of your art your the 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 lack of structure kind of opens your mind up to a little bit more uh, creativity i think and it's really interesting to try and it's it's interesting to to make a life for yourself that's kind of however you want it to be you know there's not a lot of uh 
there's not the rigidity of waking up at, you know, seven in the morning and going to work and coming home. And by that point, you're all tired and you don't want to do anything but watch TV. Like that's, that's uh, uh, something that has always been something that I've tried to escape. So certainly a lot of struggling to, to, you know, get to a point where all I had to do was really focus on my art and focus on, you know, what I wanted to create next. But once you break through that and, you know, I, I figured out that touring was a good way to sustain where I was never actually making a lot of money touring, but I certainly was able to like pay for my food and my gas, which is all you needed because you lived in a van and I had my, my band with me. And um, the freedom that you feel when you're in that is it's, it's incomparable to anything else. It is, it is a, I think it can be very intimidating for a lot of people, but I, I live off that, man. And I think that's what makes you an amazing artist as well, because if you don't have that within you, if you don't believe in your own talent and what you bring and put forth into the universe, it's just wasting your time to even attempt it. In my opinion, you have to have something within you, that intuitiveness, um, that creativity, you know, that zeal for life. Like I'm willing to, go the extra mile to be able to promote myself, but not in a narcissistic way. It's more of just, hey, I do believe in me and I believe in what I'm putting forth in the world. And people are going to gravitate to that and in some way, you know, whether it's financially, emotionally, you know, there's things people are going to say, I felt something when I heard Will Wright sing or when you performed or played the guitar. And so that's something that I want you to be able to hang your head and your hat on, I'm sorry, and just say, hey, you know what? I did the best that I could as a musician. I will continue to release music the way I choose. And hopefully people will be on the ride with me and they'll be able to support me in my endeavors. And so I just want you to know, like, based on what I've heard with your music, I think you're definitely on the right page. Man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, uh, it feels it just feels right to, to do what I do and I don't ever plan on stopping. And, um, you know, there have been, there have certainly been uh, roadblocks and there's things that you got to kind of figure out right now. I, my, uh, my, for example, my, uh, my, my tour vans catalytic converter kind of took a crap and now I got to figure out how to, you know, pull together four grand plus change to get that changed out. And, you know, we'll fi- <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that, but it's something that I'm going to figure out because, because I have to, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a, if I can figure it out, it's when I can figure it out. So that's something that that's, there's all sorts of challenges and blocks all the time to doing what you want. But once uh, that's, that's, I think that's part of the, part of what's cool about it, you know, is you, every day there's a new challenge and you got to just overcome it. And just, uh, it, it really does take a level of believing in yourself. Like you said, it's not, I don't think it's like a self-obsessed or narcissistic thing, but it's just like, a, you know, I think that my message is one that connects with people. And um, it's always incredible to be standing on a stage singing a song that I wrote in my, in my room for a bunch of people who are singing it back to me from, you know, across the country. And uh, it's, it's that connection is something that I fiend for and it's worth the daily struggles of trying to figure out how to make it work because that's all I want to do. And I love that. And that's one thing I love about this show is every guest that I have on here, I get to choose what guests I want 
to either invite on the show or, and I try to create questions for each person individually because I want you to feel connected, but I also just want to make sure I, I always let my um, listeners know and the fans of the show that it's not about followers. It's not about certain things. It's about the genuine connection because, you know, if there's someone on the show who's not a good fit, I'm not bringing them on. And I feel like that's important because that's my value system. That's what I believe in. And so if I find someone or someone reaches out to me, I want to make sure that there's an actual connection. And I think as, a, as an artist, you know, you have to even do that with producers. If you're working with someone and it's just not vibing, then you have to kind of sit back and tell yourself, is it worth it? Am I going to release something with my name attached to it that I don't believe in just for a certain monetary gain? Or do I personally want to make sure I'm being authentic and that people remember this is who I want to be? And if I evolve in my music, then that's a journey that my fans will take with me. The same difference with the show. It's evolved over the time, um, but it's just such a fun experience. So I get to talk to people like you who are living in their truth and their dreams, and the dream has now become reality for them. And whether if you're making millions or not, you know, you're going to still go after because this is your career. This is something you want for yourself. Yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's something that you gotta, you gotta believe in. You gotta, you gotta want it bad enough. And then once you decide that it's something that you want, you can't really get hung up on the lows and the highs. You just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta keep on charging forward and make the decisions that you want to make and know that, kind of that freedom is is worth it like you're talking about so so i vibe with that man i appreciate it so i have some fun questions for you the next three i'm gonna ask you are some titles that you might know um but i want you to give me the first rapid response to each question if you're ready i'm ready all right so the first thing we have is just like you so if you could give your younger self one piece of advice what would you tell him Oh God, I would, I would tell him to not worry so much about what people think. Um, you know, I was, I, I was just kind of reflecting on this. Like there are so many things that when I was a kid seemed so important and they kind of kept, kept me from, from being myself and uh, really fully expressing myself. And, you know, whether it was a, whether it was a group of kids in fourth grade that I was afraid to embarrass myself in front of, or whether it was, you know, some girl in high school I was afraid to ask out because, you know, maybe she says no, like, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish, I wish that I, I wish I had known how unimportant some of the little things were when I was a kid, uh, because you know, I guess uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But man, I wish, I wish that I could, I wish that I could go back and tell them that and really get that message across. And I think the great thing is you tell people in your music all the time, you know, your experiences, and I feel like. Yeah, there are a lot of younger people that listen to the show as well. And I always try to remind people um, not to try to emulate and be exactly like the people you hear on the show. It's just being able to take and borrow things that you learn from those people and be able to make it your own. And I feel like that is something, if I could tell my younger self, it would be like to have more fun. Because I feel like there's so many times where, you know, I can definitely be very serious um, about a lot of things and I'm learning to laugh a lot more and just to be more you know attentive to myself because I feel like that is a huge thing that in in our careers you know when you get so caught up you're working a nine to five or you're doing a hundred different things 
that if you don't find a way to laugh through it, it's, it can consume you at times. It really can. Dude, I definitely vibe with that. I, I, I was, I think often about how ridiculous everything is and man, there's so many, there's so many situations that I've been in where it's, it'd be so easy to like take it seriously and get all wrapped up in it. But life is ridiculous and there's just so many things if you just look around and, and appreciate what what you got going on and realize how funny it is that you're in the position that you're in there's 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 so much to laugh about in life and it's not like uh, making fun of it kind of way it's just like uh you know like i i i had a, I had a van breakdown in atlanta which is you know across the country um one time i i guess i'm talking a lot about van troubles which i don't mean to but uh <laughs> but I had a, a transmission bus from outside of uh, Atlanta and I was sitting there in the middle of like, you know, the forest in between Nashville and Atlanta on the side of the road. And at any point I could have just gotten so flustered and so pissed off that I could have, you know, uh, just kicked a rock into the forest and, you know, go sit alone and, and be, be uh, throw a hissy fit about it. But I just started laughing. Cause I was like, this is what a ridiculous predicament to be in I'm, my phone's dead i don't have any service if it was alive and i have to figure out how to get my damn van to atlanta this is this is ridiculous and uh, i think learning to laugh about things is what it's all about man that's that's uh i think i think that's the greatest lesson in humility is learning how to laugh at yourself i, I agree and one of my favorite phrases to always tell um people is that you can't have joy without pain and sometimes you know the pain that we experience you know, it can help us to learn how to find joy in little things. And so it's as hard as it can be at times, you just have to kind of just laugh at it, move forward and just, and people who know me, they, my phrase, I would say it is what it is. And they're like, oh, girl, you're saying that again. But it's, it's the truth. Like, it really is what it is. And the more I keep trying to change someone else or a scenario, you know, I, I don't have that power. I can only just deal with it in the moment and make the best of it. 100% man I, I, I vibe with that all right so I got another fun question for you the next one is been a while so what is one childhood memory that stands out to you that you wish that you could relive again and again and again oh man uh let me think about that that's a, that's a tough one um you know I grew up in a cowboying family and uh, I remember the first time that I was allowed to like ride my own horse, I didn't own a horse. Horses are expensive as hell, but um, my grandpa's, uh, my grandpa's ranch had some horses on it. And uh, one time I saddled one up and uh, me and uh, me and my grandpa went on a ride and uh, that, that felt, I felt so free and alive. And um, that was the, that was the happiest I've been in, in my life and in many regards. And uh I, I, you know, to be, to be riding, uh, riding a horse by myself through, through the desert and, you know, galloping if I want to, or, you know, going any direction I want, or, you know, hanging out, jumping off the horse and, you know, having a little campfire or something out in the middle of the desert like that, that is, that's a sweetness that I, that I haven't tasted in a very, very long time. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I like that one. Um, I, I know for me, one of my favorite childhood memories, um, that I had a couple of my grandfather because we were really, really close. But 
but I definitely remember <laughs> he used to stay in the apartment complex in the New Orleans East part of New Orleans, and it was called Georgetown Apartments. And I'll never forget that he was used to play golf and he loved golfing. And I didn't like golf at all. I mean, I loved basketball, I loved watching football, I played soccer, you know, I did a lot of other stuff. And so the one thing when I was really, really young, he had a whole set of, you know, golf clubs. And so he used to leave cups around in the apartment. And so I would love to keep the cup at the bottom of the steps. And then I had my own little small, he bought me my own little clubs. I may have been like, I don't remember if I was like six or seven, I was really young. And I used to just knock it down and then let it bounce down each step. And then I would say, grandpa, go get it, go get it. And he was like, I'm not going, and he used to stutter. So he was stuck, I'm not going to get And he was like, and it was just so funny, like, because when he would stutter, you know, he would try to get it out and then when he get mad, he was like, you get it yourself. And then I would have to run down the steps to go get the ball and then go knock it down again. And it was just, it was so fun because like he, he knew it brought joy to me, like to laugh at little, like little things. And, but it was just fun to just kind of see him just interact with me. And then I played basketball later on um, in middle school and just enjoyed it. And I'll never forget, he bought me my first um, basketball goal. And we were playing outside. And if he was still living, he probably would laugh right now at this story. But he used to wear these pants and he forgot to put his belt on tight. So I was like, Grandpa, shoot the ball. And then he shot in his pants at the ground. He had his white underwear on there. Everybody was just laughing. And it was just so funny, but it was just a memory I'll, I'll never forget. That sounds like something out of a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, I was like, well, thank God his underwear were white. Because, like, if he had a stain on he'd have been in trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. but it was so funny. And it was just something he's like, don't laugh at Grandpa. I'm like, but it was hilarious. And it was just something I just never will forget. And when I think of him, I always have pleasant memories. And he helped get me out of a lot of negative, abusive things growing up. And so I just remember how great he was. And he was a great representation of a person who I, I admire. And so I always dedicate, you know, things to him because he's given me so much. And it sounds like your, your grandfather was someone who's very influential for you as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, I, uh, I was just saying, I, I, my, the laughter between me and my grandpa was usually at, a, at the, I was always the kind of the butt of the joke just because my grandpa always likes pranking people. And I was, you know, when I was growing up, I was, just a little kid. So I was so easy to prank. I remember one time I was cooking with my mom and my, uh, <laughs> my, um, my ears or my ears, my eyes were, were watering a bunch cause I was cutting up onions. And so it was really burning my eyes. I was having a hard time with it. And I asked him if there was anything that they knew I could do. And I was, I was probably like 12 or 13 or something. And, uh, my grandpa said, Hey, uh, do you have any toothpicks? And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. But what would I do with him? He goes, well, if you put a toothpick on either side of your mouth, um then uh, i it, it'll help with the it'll help with the the watering eyes when you're cutting onions and i was looking around my kitchen for toothpicks and i found shish kebab sticks which were pretty you know those are like giant toothpicks and in my, in my head i was like would shish kebab sticks work and you'd be like oh hell yeah shish kebab sticks would work so i put two shish kebab sticks kind of like pointed out sort of like walrus tusks in my mouth and i was cutting onions and i was crying and i was like i turn around and i was like grandpa this is not working and then he was cracking up because he had convinced me to do that for like five minutes. 
and he thought it was the funniest thing. And uh, <laughs> that was just the way that he operated. He loved pranking me. That um, is funny. Yeah, I get a lot of my humor from him, I think. Well, you should have been called Will Mammoth instead of Will White. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be tight. <laughs> that is so funny. Let me go back and change that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, if you trademark it, I want to present it. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you gave me that idea for free, man. Oh, I'm man. keeping it. Well, 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 I don't know how much it's going to sell, but if it does, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Or we can, we'll, we'll start our own band. Oh, That'll be Will, Will Mammoth. Oh, Lord. That's going to be a ride that no, <laughs> no one wants to be on. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so I have two more questions for you. I'm going to combine these last two. Um, I really had an amazing time with you. You really have been an amazing guest, Will Wright. But the first question I have. Thanks, man. Um, no problem. Is what's next for you? And the second part of that question is how can our listeners find you online? All right, so I'm going to be going on, on tour a whole lot coming up. Um, in October, I'm doing a West Coast uh, tour. Just kind of uh, playing. It's like a solo acoustic tour, so I'm going to be playing um, I'm be, uh, playing solo acoustic, just me and my guitar, up the West Coast and kind of into um, the Pacific Northwest and down through, like, Colorado and Kansas area. And then in the spring, I'm going to be doing an entire uh, entire national tour with, with, uh, with a band, so... We got we got a lot of touring coming up, um, and uh, you can find all the info online. Whether it's like on my Instagram, you can just find me at Wheelwright on Instagram, or um, uh, on Spotify, or you know Apple Music or Tyler, or whatever you listen to your music on. I'm there on YouTube, uh, and then you can really find me anywhere. Um, but if you can go to uh, uh, Wheelwright PHX, like uh, Phoenix, like the the town that I'm from. Um, just wheelwrightphx.com. You can get all my info, but uh, I'm pretty easy to find on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or whatever it is. So, so if you're looking, you'll find me. Um, and uh, I can't wait to can't wait to hear from you. Well, I thank you so much for first of all giving me this opportunity to learn more about your story. Your not only just music, but just who you are as a human being. Like you really have made me laugh today, and we need more laughter in this world to just kind of have a good time and make fools of ourselves and just be okay with that. And I'm just excited for where you're going to go musically. Personally, I think that you have the energy, the drive, and the determination to do whatever you put your mind to. And hopefully our listeners, please support him. Please share his music. I will, of course, share it with my friends, people to definitely support you the best that we can because I want you to win and be successful in life as well as in music. And so just keep doing what you've been able to do. And I know that things are going to work out for you for sure. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And hey, I, I got to be honest with you. New Orleans is one of my favorite uh, cities on in the nation. So so when, I'll definitely be coming back and I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, I, I hardly ever get an opportunity to visit as much as I used to. Because um, after Hurricane Katrina and Rita, we just kind of relocated and moved. Um, and so being in, in Shreveport, I mean, I like Shreveport, nothing against Shreveport at all. Um, but it's nothing like your home city, like, you know, a place I grew up, I Jackson Square, Bourbon Street, just, you know, being at, you know, Bayou Classic and Essence Festival and watching the Saints play. I mean, it's just things that I just remember from my youth that you just, it's just not the same. You know, every time I've gone back to visit. I just don't have that same feeling like I once had because it's just not the same for me. But 
I, whenever you go, you have a great time for me too. Because <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I <laughs> well, love that city, and the food is something I do miss more than anything. Like, oh my god, I could just oh, dude, I, uh, the food, the food. You know, the funniest part is I gained more weight when I left New Orleans than when I was there. Maybe because I was always eating and exercising. But right now, if I went there, I probably look like I don't even know, probably like Oopa Loopa or something. Because I would be eating gumbo and beignets. dude i yeah no it's a problem whenever i've been there for more than a week i'll 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 definitely gain a couple pounds so i feel you there oh yeah (laughs) but i'm just so i'm so excited for you and please um, keep in contact with me i would love to have you back on the show to either if you want to talk more in depth about your music through black canvas or if you want to perform on space between and we would love to hear some of your music live on the show just let me know what you're more comfortable doing and we will just want you back and give us updates on how your life has been going because I want to just see you, as I mentioned, win and just do great things in, in the music industry for sure. Thank you, man. I really appreciate oh, no that problem. very much. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Will Wright, you have a great rest of your evening and I will talk with you soon. Right, thanks so much, man. Okay, Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh yeah, yeah,